If you have your Bibles or Testaments with you, if you haven't, just listen to the few verses that we're going to read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, and verses 18 to 20, the words of our, some of the words of our Lord Jesus before he ascended and left this scene of time, speaking to his disciples in verse 18. It says, And Jesus, Matthew 28 and 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, or the end of the age that should be. And we know that God will bless to us the reading of his own precious word. Now what we're going to witness tonight is the baptism of a number of born-again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We practice this mode of baptism not because the Baptists do or the Elam people do or the brethren do. We practice this because it's found very clearly in the Word of God. The Lord Jesus commands us to do it and he teaches us to do it. And so that's why we do it, because it comes right from the heart of God to his church. Now, in any church where there's a creed or there's a doctrine or there's a belief, we always need to go back and find out why those things are there, and we have got to do that about baptism. Where, what does it mean? What is the value of putting believers down into a tank of water? What's the meaning of it? Where do we get it from? What is the authority for it? And all these things are necessary that we might understand what we're doing is biblical. We're not doing it for any other reason, nor are these people being baptized for any other reason other than they're commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ to do so. Now, those of you who are here tonight, and this is all a bit strange to you, I, I understand that. You may not have been taught in this way, and you know very little about what, what we're doing. But uh, I trust that by the time I have this little message given out, that you will be more convinced that what we're doing we're doing it because it's right. We're doing it because it's biblical. We're doing it because we're told to do it by the Lord. I couldn't emphasize that enough. And those of you who are saved in this meeting and born again, because this is what this baptism is only for, is for, if those of you who are saved and born again here uh, tonight are not baptized, then I say to you, you would need to get baptized. I say to you tonight that uh, when I finish this message, 
that you will realize, that you will realize that the Lord Jesus Christ expects you to do it. And I trust that by the time I'm finished with what I'm going to say, that you'll have a greater understanding and a greater knowledge of what we are meaning here tonight. Now, the first thing that I want to say, and these are very simple and will not be long. The first thing I say tonight is, is the orig- origination of it. Where did it begin? Well, we just read where it began here. It began with the risen Savior. Just before he went up to heaven, he commanded his disciples here. He says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So not only has the Lord Jesus commanded it, the whole Trinity is involved in it. Now, the whole Godhead is involved in it. The whole Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and that's a mighty thing. There's not many things. You get them involved in all together at the one time in the Word of God. But they're involved in this. They have sanctioned it. In fact, they have put their name to it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So that's very important for you to know that. Now, people say to me, my minister says that it's good enough for me to be dedicated in a wee drop of water put. I'm not saying anything about that. Or, 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 or our minister in our church just sprinkles the baby or the douse the baby. Now, I'm not condemning your minister whatsoever at all. All I'm saying to you, what does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God say? You remember the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized and he was without sin. He was baptized in the River Jordan where there was much water and, and John the Baptist put him down, into the, down into, the, into the very Jordan. He immersed him. As you're going to see, that's what it is in him. He immersed him in, in the Jordan River and when he came out up, heaven opened and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God was pleased with his son being baptized in the way that these people are going to be baptized tonight. They're following in the path of the Lord Jesus. That's all that they're doing. And that's what they want to do. And you should want to do that too. And so all heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now we have been baptizing hundreds of people here for 34 years. Before we had a tank over in the old hen house there, we baptized them in other places. People were coming to obey the Lord God. And I have never been involved in a baptismal service that the people that were baptized didn't rejoice. I've never seen those that went down into the waters of baptism that ever regretted it because they never will regret it and you'll never regret anything that the Lord tells you to do and you do it. But you will regret if you don't do it. If the Lord tells you to do something and you don't do it, you're going to have to live with that. That's your business for you have a choice. And so here we are tonight. They're just following what the Lord Jesus Christ said. So the first thing we see is the origination of it. The next thing that we see, we see is the communication of it. It's communicated to us. How is this communicated to us? Through the Scriptures, through the Word of God. So you have the truth and you have the Trinity. All four Gospels, including the half of Paul's 14 epistles and one of Peter's epistles, plus John the Baptist all preached and practiced this mode of baptism. Now hold this in your mind. 
If God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, the Lord Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all told us and showed us and gave us so many, many verses of Scripture through all the Gospels, there's not many things, you know, mentioned in all four Gospels. But this is mentioned in all four Gospels. So it's very, very important that the Lord wants to get us through to us that you that saved tonight and not baptized, that you need to get baptized. You needn't be baptized here. You can be baptized. But you need to get baptized to obey the Lord. And once you obey the Lord, then you can expect the Lord to bless you. If you love me, he says, you'll keep my commandment. There's no use in singing, oh, I love the Lord with all my heart and singing these chords. But if you love him, you'll keep his commandment. And this is one of them. And the table's another one, by the way. So that's what we preach here. We preach it because we believe that it comes from the heart and from the word of God. If the early believers, you know, for the first 2,000 years, The first two centuries of the church, the two centuries of the church, this was the only kind of baptism was needed for the first 200 years that the church was formed. No other baptism was known. No other baptism was done. As they got saved and, and, and they believed, they were baptized. It all came together until things happened. And we know that things happen and people get in with their own minds and their own doctrine. So when I say that this, 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 this evening, what right have we? What right have we here as an evangelical church, a fundamental church here on the roadside of the world, what right have we to neglect and reject what the Word of God, this inherent Word of God says? We have no right. We have to obey it. We must obey it. And we want to obey it. And we do obey it on the other things as well, as far as we can see. I'm not saying that other people are wrong. All I'm saying is we see the word, we see it in the word, and we believe it not because the Baptists, not because the brethren, not because the Pentecost, not because anybody else, but here in this inherent word of God, we are told to do it. Now, the church is not a supermarket. There's no a la carte menu when it comes to the church. We can't pick and choose what we want to suit our taste. Oh, I don't want to go to the prayer meeting. Oh, I don't want to go to the Lord's table. Oh, I don't want to go down into the tank of Bob. You have no choice, my friend, if you want to follow the Lord. You just can't pick and choose. The Lord didn't pick and choose for us. He came from heaven to that old cross to die for our sins. We cannot cannot pick and choose. We have to obey the word of God. I counted up in the concordance 94 times that baptism is mentioned in all these verses and chapters that I mentioned to you in the New Testament tonight. 94 times. Now people say to me, I don't see it. Well, I don't know how you can read the scriptures and not see it if it's there 94 times. I tell you, if you got a letter from your solicitor and he said there was a, a will left for you and there was a £50,000 left for you in the will, I'll tell you, you'd only read it the once and you'd be away like a flash. Oh, I don't see it. You'd see it if there was money involved. I don't see this. 
Friend, the reason that you don't see this is that you don't read your scriptures, you don't read your Bible. You can't have something 94 times glaring at you and not see it and not know it. So that's no excuse. Oh, I'll get to heaven without baptism. You will. But you'll be a disobedient Christian. And remember, when we go to heaven, there's the judgment seat. I'm not talking about the judgment for sinners. I'm talking about the judgment seat. From the day and hour we get saved and born again. You tell me you're saved tonight. I'm born again tonight. You'll tell me when and where it happened. All right, are you obeying the Lord? That's the thing. Because you're going out to meet him one day. And the moment he saves us, he has a plan for our lives. And we need to find it out and we need to follow it. It's called gift. God has given us gifts. And we need to follow what the Lord says to us. And we need to go to heaven. We need to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. How can you hear well done if you disobey him? Not on. See, we're dealing with God. We're not dealing with men. Not dealing with men at all. We're, we're dealing with God. The Greek word that for baptism is baptizo. Is baptizo, which means to submerge. When you read this the 94 times, wherever you read this in the scriptures about baptism, this is the only word that comes, is the word baptizo. Now let me tell you what the word baptizo means. It not only means to go down under, but it means to be overwhelmed and engulfed. It speaks of dying a garment. It speaks of a ship sinking out of the sea. In the Greek language, when the ship sunk at the sea, when she went down under, right under the sea, baptizo, she's down under. It's the same with, with the dipping of a garment. It was referred to the garments of our Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation 19. It says he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, utterly saturated in blood. Do you hear that now? It's, it means to dip right down under. Now, I was brought up in Fermanagh, as some of you know. My mother was a Methodist, and my father belonged to the Cooneyites. And I used to go to the Methodist Sunday school on Sunday morning and went to the Cooneyites sometimes with my father in an old lorry that he had. We'd drive away up the road to Cooney, Cooney meetings. Now, when I look at the doctrine of the Cooneys, there's a lot of it or most of it that I don't agree with. And I'm entitled to that. But one thing I do agree with them, do you know what they were called? They were called the Dippers. The Dippers. That was the name, that was another name for them. Cooneyites and Dippers and Pilgrims. Call them what you like. But they were called the Dippers. And there was a fellow, Tom Ellett. Now, not that boy you see in the news there, the MP or the MLA, whoever he is. Not to, but there was another Tom Ellett, and he was called Tom the Baptist. And his job was to baptize, and they used to block the river. You thank God tonight you're not going out into the river. We thought you might have to go out into the river where we couldn't get this heating upright the other day, like yesterday. But you're not going to the river, you're going in here, and I'll tell you whether it's warm or cold or not at the moment. But Tom the Baptist baptized them in the Battle of Mallard River. They blocked the river until it came up, and they went down one into the other and dipped them in the river. That's, that's what baptism is. It's right down under. And I'll tell you why it has to be like that. And I'll tell you why it is not sprinkling. My friend, this is believer's baptism. Can you tell me that a baby spans length in her mother's arm in the front of the church can believe anything? 
You don't read of adult baptism. You don't read of children. You'll not find anywhere in this word where children were baptized and sprinkled. Not one. You find it. The brethren wrote a wee book one time what the Bible has to say about believers' baptism. And when you open the front page, there was a blank page, and there was another blank page, and there was another blank page, and then you closed it. And that's right. The only sort of baptisms mentioned in the Scripture is this baptizo, the believers in Christ who love the Lord, who are serving the Lord, who want to identify themselves with the Lord. This is the baptism that the Bible talks about, and this is the baptism that we practice here. So there's the origination from the Trinity. There's a communication from the truth. There's the demonstration here in the tank that you're going to see now in a few moments. The only reason these folk are doing it, let me say, they're demonstrating and they're honoring God and obeying the truth. The last thing is this. There's a stipulation. There's a stipulation. There are three things required before you can don these steps and go down into this tank. And whenever anybody comes to us looking to be baptized, we have to be sure that we know that these three things are right. Because we don't want to be part of doing something that's not right. And so there's a trio. There are three things. The first thing is, you need to be saved. Let me say again, this is believer's baptism. He that believeth and is saved shall be baptized. And he or she that believeth not shall be damned. Now, you'll not be damned because you're not baptized, but you'll be damned because you're not saved. Do you hear that now? I'm talking about a personal encounter, being born again by the Spirit of God, and your sins forgiven and peace with God. I'm talking about a moment or a time in your life when you know that you pass from death unto life, saved. Saved by grace alone. This is all my plea. Jesus died for all mankind. And Jesus died for me. Don't be afraid of that word saved. It's going out of vocabulary today in many of our churches. Jesus used it. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. The apostle Peter used it. Neither is there salvation in any other. Paul used it, by grace are ye saved through faith. God himself used it, look unto me, he says, and be ye saved. Don't you be afraid of the word saved. And never be ashamed to tell men and women that you're saved. Oh, no, oh, it's all right saying we're a Christian, but you're everybody's a Christian. Don't be afraid to tell men and women in your workplace and out there that you're saved by the grace of God, that you're born again by the Spirit of God, that there was a time in your life when old things did pass away and all things became new. Can you say that tonight? Can you sure? Are you sure? Because that's the next point. That's the next point. First of all, saved. Second, sure. Not only sure about what you're going to do, what they're going to do here, not only sure about that, but sure about their salvation. You see, I find a lot of people today that made professions when they're children and they're not sure. 
You may go down on your bedside and say, do we pray with your mother? And you get up and you say, I'm saved now. But is there any change in your life? Has things changed? Are you transformed? Are you enjoying the Lord? Are you loving the Lord? Are you obeying the Lord? That's what it's about. It's not only be saved so I get to heaven. That's a fringe benefit at the end, let me tell you. It's saved that you enjoy the Lord and enjoy walking with him and working for him and witnessing for him. Full of God and full of joy. Boy, I'll tell you, it's great. It's great. Are you sure? Are you sure you just didn't make a wee profession and there's nothing else in it? God help us. If you're not 100% sure that you're saved, if you're not 100% that your sins are forgiven, if you're not 100% that you're on your way to heaven, then you'll need to be tonight. Before you leave here. You must be tonight before you leave here. There's nothing, and I'm coming to a close now, there's nothing in this world that's so different, that's so diverse, that's so opposite, that's so contrasting than a saved man and a sinner. There's nothing as diverse under heaven because I'll tell you why. It's talk, it talks about when you get saved, you pass from, from, from darkness into light. We're in darkness before we're saved. I'm going to tell you a wee bit about just now as a clue. I was in darkness. And you're in darkness tonight if you're not saved. But the moment that the light of the glorious gospel shines into your heart and into your head and into your mind and into your soul, then it's like switching on a light. It's the light of the glorious gospel. And it can happen in a moment of time. It's, it's, it's light and, and darkness. It's death and life. It's passing from death unto life. Ah, my friend, listen. Wouldn't you know if you're in a graveyard, there's a difference in you and the one you're looking at on the headstone? It's as different as day and night. It's as different as death and life. It's different. It's a new life. Are you sure you have this? Are you sure that you have this? Job and all his afflictions and all his trials and all his troubles and all his all his, his, his bankruptcy and bereavement and boils and everything that Job had, he could say, I know that my Redeemer lives. I tell you, it's great to say that when you're down in the valley. It's great to be able to say that when all things are pressurizing you down. That's when you're tested. That's when you're tried. Not when you're on the mountaintop. The blind man in John 9 could say this, they tried to talk him out of it, but you couldn't talk him out. And my friend, you needn't be trying to talk me out of it after 53 years either. This one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. I'll be 53 years saved next May. I never doubted it for one moment. Never doubted it for one moment. No more than I doubted the 11 months after I married that wee woman at the back there, Pat. I never doubted in my life. I never forgot the day that I got saved. I never forgot the day that I got married. I have documents to prove that I got married. I, I can tell you without a doubt. I said to a man one day, is this your wife? He says, I don't know. 
So is that your wife sitting over there? I don't know. I'm not sure. So I went over to it and said, he says he doesn't know. He doesn't know whether he's his wife or not. He'll know when he gets home. <laughs> My friend, if I went out there into that car park tonight and said, is this your car? I don't know. What color is your car? I don't know. What's the registration of it? I don't know. Do you drive? I don't know. I'd tell you, I'd have to be getting, ringing somebody. See, you know well it's your car and you know well it's your wife. And you know well it's your house and you know well it's the key to get into the house. You know all these things well. Ah, how much more should we not know that our sins are forgiven and peace with God? How much more? Ah, friend, we, we can know it. I was saved at 11.15, about 11.15, on a Monday morning, not in the church, as these people are sick, listening to me telling me, four miles to the other side of Enniskillen, out on a farmyard, under the hills of Bowlander, and heading down towards the border, standing there in that farmyard at 11.15 on the last Monday in May 1970, I said, Lord... I want something better in life than this. And just like that, I passed from death unto life. I did. And I never, ever doubted it since. Do you know that at 10 past 11, at 14 minutes past 11, let me tell you what I was. I was a double-dyed sinner, drinking, fighting, smoking, and cursing. I never knew a time that I didn't drink. My father used to leave bottles in the old lorry and about the house and out sheds wee drops in the bottom. And when I was able to walk, I was drinking the beer and the Guinness. And when I was six or seven, he bought me a wee pipe with the men, the men working with him, and they bought me a wee pipe and they all smoked and there was no filter tips in those days, but there was a wee, pie, wee clay pipe, and they used to smoke it down to about that length, and then they'd put it into the pipe for me, and I would smoke, and then I'd spit like they spat. And then I got a wee Peterson pipe, because the old long pipes, they were, when I got up a wee bit, they were, they were awkward and they're easy broke, so I got a wee Peterson pipe, and there was a wee crooked by it, went down under your chin. And I smoked that pipe. And you know what was into that pipe? They went walnut plug tobacco. I'm sure it must have been the, the heron of the day. Strong stuff. And it and the Gulliher Blues, which was the strongest cigarette you could get. I was smoking and I was drinking till my hands were black. And my soul was even blacker. I'm painting a picture for you now what it means to be transformed from death onto life to come into out of black darkness into a lighted room just at a quarter past eleven. It happened. It happened. And I never doubted it since. Never once since. Are you sure tonight? I get telephone calls, and I'm sure you get them too, and they annoy me at times. And depending on what form I'm in, and depending on what sort of an accent at the other end, I just deal with them in my own way. But I got this call one day, and it was 
one of her own action from somewhere up, County Down or somewhere. She said, Mr. Johnson, can you give me two minutes of your time to speak about broadband? I says, I will. If when you're finished, you give me two minutes. And he made a bargain, but it was the wrong one. So he was telling me about broadband. I never heard a word that he said to me before I was thinking of what I was going to say to him. And when he was finished, he says, now you go on. He gave me me place. I said, standing on a farmyard <laughs> four miles the other side of Enniskillen in the last day of May 1970, I turned my eyes or drinking, smoking, cursing and everything you could think, fighting and smashing cars and everything that a wild man, a crow, as wild as a crow in Fermanagh would do. And then suddenly it was changed. And I've been changed ever since. And then he says this to me, how did you know? How did I know? Well, I'll tell you how I knew. I lost about a quarter of my vocabulary. Every word nearly was a swear word. I lost the desire for the drink. I lost the desire for the old dances. I lost the the desire for all the old filthy things that were at. I lost the desire for every one of them. And the desire came into my heart. Go to the meeting. Go to the open air. Stand in the open air. Go to the prayer meetings. Enjoy the Lord. And I've been doing that for 53 years. Hallelujah. Man, this is not a fairy tale we're talking about tonight. This is not religion we're talking about tonight. This is not baptism or Baptist or Presbyterian or Church of Ireland or anybody else. This is God. Saved. Sure. Number three, and that's it. it. Submission. When these folk go down into this tank and put on their baptismal garments and go down in here to be baptized... And when they come up out of the water, they're identifying themselves with the Lord Jesus Christ who died, was buried, and rose again. That's what they're doing. They're just saying to us and everybody around us tonight, this is a witness, and it should be done before witnesses. They're just saying to everybody tonight, I love the Lord tonight, I want to serve the Lord tonight, and I'm not ashamed to own him tonight. It's not an easy thing, you know, to go down in here. And that's why some of you are not baptized. You're afraid of men and what they might think or what they might say. But if you get a grip of God and God's word and God's truth, you'll not care what they say. They'll be identifying themselves with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Secondly, they'll be testifying to the world. And thirdly, they'll be glorifying God. And why wouldn't they? They're not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to own my Lord or to defend his cause. Thank God for you people tonight. And thank God for the hundreds that we have baptized here and we have seen baptized. Willie Mullen put me down into a tank and he nearly drowned me in Lurgan. I didn't really know a big lot of what I was doing, but I knew that it was the word and I knew I should do it. What about you tonight? Are you really saved and born? Do you know it's not too late tonight? We could accommodate you tonight if you meet the requirements. We'll keep this water in the tank. And we're going to have another baptismal service before long too. So you let just go to your own ministry, go to your own church, wherever you go. Go and get baptized and obey the Lord and then ask the Lord to bless you. Ask the Lord to show you. Ask the Lord to... to, 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 to. Then you'll see answers to prayers. 
Maybe you're praying away, but you can't ask the Lord to bless you and answer prayers if you don't obey him. I say again, you have to obey him. This is obedience. This is obedience. This here, my friend, is what they're doing. This is submission. Submitting himself unto the Lord. And why shouldn't they? And he that came from heaven's glory, the eternal son of the eternal God, came to the matrix of the virgin, a wee baby a span's length, the creator of all things, to be a man, to be a man that he might have blood run through his veins, to be a man that he might have a head that they could crown with thorns, to be a man that he might have a back that they could slay it, to be a man, for there was no other way God could find, if God could have found another way of redeeming mankind and saving a wretch like Bertie Johnson on that May day in 1970, if he could have found any other way than what happened to his son, he would have found it, but he couldn't. There is no other way, my friend. Only the way of the cross. And if you don't come the way of the cross, it's because you're too proud. But he wasn't too proud to die for you. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even, Paul says, even. It was an awful death. You know, they weren't allowed to speak about the cross in high society in that day. It was so awful. Even. The death. The Romans never crucified one of their own people. It was so awful. And yet he was hung there. He was hung there. And his visage marred more than any man, stripped naked, bearing my sins, looking away down to the day when, when I would say, Lord, do something to this life of mine. And suddenly, that morning when nobody was about, only me and him, he changed my life and changed my good wife the next day, or the night before, changed her the night before, and set us out on the road of life together. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. And I'll tell you, if he told me I had to go down into a thousand tanks, I'd go down into them. I would. Whatever he says unto me, I want to do it. And I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant.